right. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. Doing this episode a little bit different. So usually we do our the the, the meat of the episode with me and Manny or whoever, and then we have our interview. But we have a very special guest. It's the sheriff. The Sheriff Rob Adams is joining us today for the first episode, uh, video episode on Twitter. So, hey, Rob, how's it going, boss? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, man. I really appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, you know, because this is a video podcast now, um, for, for the audio listeners, you might want to maybe skip ahead a, a couple of minutes before the video uh, for the video watchers on Twitter today, I wanted to start this episode a little something special for them. Um, Rob, you know, the last few years you've been one of the best pitchers um in the country, and then AI, you've been one of my favorite players to cover in the Sun Conference. And so, you know, you got a little baseball there, and I think uh you you could show us the breakdown how you throw some of the pitches that you know have made you one of the elite pitchers in the country. All right, uh, yeah, man. Um, so, you know, typical fastball i guess um just you know your standard four seam you know just on the c uh two seam pretty standard there too like tuck the thumb a little bit to get some sync but if i wanted to be a little more horizontal you know we're gonna keep it out here but you know fingers inside the seams change up i don't know man it's kind of like a hybrid thing with a circle but it's turned you know so you got your circle here straight up and, you know, I turn the ball a little bit so I can get the seam with the pinky on the thumb, seam here, here. You know, I got a seam for all of them. I can pull it this way to make it run or, you know, really get through it to make it go down. Um, slider, I don't know. That's kind of like one of my go-to, I would say. But it's, you know, you got the horseshoe there. It's just kind of on the side. I'd say it's more a traditional curveball grip, but – I don't know. I kind of stay on the side of it a little more. Is there like a reason you stay on the side of that slider a little bit more? Is that something that you've developed or something that just feels good out of the hand? It's something I've kind of just developed that does feel good. Like, I don't know. It's something I've played with a lot. Um, I don't know. Kind of pitching in college, you need two curveballs if you're or two breaking balls if you're going to be a starter. You know, you got to have the curveball yeah. and and the slider, you know, if you're going to start. And it was one of those things that I just kind of started fiddling with and next thing you know i mean it just kind of showed up yeah. but curveball is yeah. one of those things that like i've had a lot of inconsistencies with because i throw a big breaking ball like a big curveball is just one of those things but um this spike is definitely the way to go for me i've tried you know my slider grip for the curveball i've tried this i've tried the spike this way i've tried a whole bunch of different things but that right there is what has been best for me, especially this year. It's tightened things up a little bit. Um, you know, so I mean, landed for strike quite a bit more. I think it's been better as a put away late too, but that's pretty much it. With that curveball grip, was that just something that you've just kind of adjusted? And then this year, you've really had that breakthrough with it to be able to, you know, get more strikes or more swings and misses with it? Um, you know, it was kind of one of those things. I didn't really use the spike a whole lot until I made the change about halfway through the season last year. Um, it was just one of those days in the bullpen before a game. I started feeling it and it was big and loopy. It wasn't very good that day. And I was like, yeah, we got to do something, you know, and 
threw a exactly. spike up and it got sharper. I was like, oh, that might work, you know? And next thing you know, I'm doing it every day now. So it just happened to work that day. And we kind of built off of it from there. And here we are. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly working for you. You've been on a absolute heck of a run here at the end. And some of those pitches that you've uh, developed are now back for our audio listeners. I think that, that uh, you, you should be good uh, uh, the rest of the way. But, uh, you know, Connor Daly, I, I, I love Connor. He's a great dude, great guy to just ha- uh, have around uh, the baseball field for sure. But, I mean, he does help uh, with pitching, I guess, a little bit. With, with those pitches a little bit. I mean, how has he uh, helped you develop on the mound since you've gotten to Lakeland? You know, Connor's been one of those guys, like, I've been fortunate through college, high school, you know, to have some uh, some great pitching coaches, you know, some great coaches on on the defensive side of things, on the pitching side of things. And Connor's one of those guys where, you know, he gets a guy that's like myself, I guess, you know, he's not trying to change a whole lot, but, you know, he's there for the positive reinforcement, the you know, if I'm thinking about something in my bullpen that I just made a mistake on and, you know, I'm thinking about how I might fix it. Well, if he sees something that I'm not necessarily thinking about, he spits out, you know, puts that input in my ear, you know, and then we have a quick conversation about it. He shows me a video of it or, you know, kind of what he wants. And, you know, it's the the communication's big in our relationship because, you know, how else are we going to, how else are we going to fix anything? You know, if we can't communicate back and forth, then you know, we're going to be on a constant merry-go-round and that's not quite where you want to be on a coaching player relationship, I would say, but thankfully we're not. And uh, we get a lot of, a lot of good things done in our, uh, you know, when we go to work. So. I mean, I mean, that's uh, definitely safe to say that. I mean, look what uh, he's done with you. You look at the overall pitching staff, uh, especially Derry. And, um, you know, I remember sitting behind home plate uh, during the Weber series. And I saw it. That's what, like, that was one of the games his slider was on the best. And I was like, this might be the most unhittable pitch um, yes. in the in the NAI. But, um, Rob, like, how about you, how about you t- t- like, take us through, uh, you know, Friday night. We know the sheriff's going to be out on the mound. You wake up, get you some bre- breakfast, get the fuel going. I mean, what's just a game day look like for you? Um, well, you know, wake up and like you said, get some breakfast in you. You know, if I got class that day, uh, like this past semester, I had class on Friday. So, you know, I'd get up, go to my three classes, get that taken care of. I didn't study hall or whatever I had to get taken care of. Knock that out before the game, last minute, usually, you know. Um, you know, show up to the field. If the game's at Two, two thirty. You know, I show up about hour and fifteen minutes, hour hour and a half before the game. Um, you know, get changed, get dressed. You know, the works, and um, get out there about an hour, hour before typically. Um, get cleats on. You know, everything starts stretching, getting the legs loose. Whether legs loose, you know, whether it's hip mobility or uh, you know, just getting the hammies loose or whatever. I mean. I usually do go through our active stuff. Um, it's kind of standard, you know, the high knees, you know, butt kicks, that kind of stuff. You got you to get the yeah, bluff. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's a good active stretch, you know, yeah. and go from there. I'll hit some hip mobility stuff. Um, I have a little bit of active and static stuff that I do for that. Uh, and then some plyo balls, bands, you know, and then it's, Pretty much usually about 30. That usually takes about 30 to 45 minutes or so, about 30 minutes. And for the last 30 minutes, four game times, 
getting the arm loose, get the wing going, you know? It's something we, uh, you and me have both, you know, look back, I imagine the same for you. Uh, when you were younger, maybe like 16, 17, 18 in high school, just get a little stretching in. You go out there, throw me. If I just go there, I right, touch my toes a couple of times, I'll go out there and punt. We don't got to be old, old old heads, and we just can't quite move like that anymore, dude. Not quite, man. Unfortunately, well, it's not as easy as it used to be. <laughs> now I'm right there with you. Um, you know, just, just like uh, uh, me's uh, we, something that we have, have in common. We're both battling uh, back injuries now. Thankfully, you're you're good, and that's been apparent by the way you've been uh, pitching lately. But you know, early to middle part of the year, you ha- you had a little bit of that tightness in your back. Uh, can you just take us through what that process was? You know, y- yes, physically, but more on the mental side of you getting back and you know getting back to being the pitcher that we've all uh, known the sheriff to be. Oh, yeah, man. Um, The back thing, it was not fun. I don't know. It was uh, about two weeks of just not good pitching in general. Um, And I think the hardest part about that was kind of dealing with the adversity, you know, and staying positive through it. Um, That was the biggest thing. And, you know, knowing that if I just trust the trainers and do the stretches and go to the chiropractor, you know, if I just do all of these things, then, you know, when I come out the other side, it's it's going to be right the way it's supposed to be, as you know, we've kind of seen. And, you know, I just had to kind of put my trust in those people to, you know, that they knew what they were talking about. And they did, you know, and, and it worked out for me. I, you know, I did the stretches and, you know, went to the chiropractor and got worked on and, you know, and, it all worked out and thankfully it was, you know, it just took that, those stretchings and the chiropractor for this. Thankfully that was it. Um, and now, you know, things are back, right. The way they're supposed to be. Absolutely. They are. Hey, I mean, shout out, uh, you know, the athletic trainer for y'all, BJ, uh, uh, that the okay. big guy, you got, you got, gotta love BJ. Uh, I think Steve or uh, may, may have been dope. Somebody, I think it was Steve though. He sent me a, uh, Send me a picture of himself in the jersey. You can like see uh BJ in, in his l- little uh, helmet in the background, dude. I might, I might see if I can't uh, find that picture. Maybe insert it uh, here. Dude. That, that's uh, as a good Sam. That little, little helmet, big dude. If y'all know BJ. I mean, he's he's what he's what, like six set six 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 seven, big old guy. But yeah, man, uh, BJ's great. But you know, yeah. Rob, it is great um having you back and getting to see you against some Sun Conference opponents. Of course, you had that huge performance against St. Thomas um in the conference finals. Uh, you were or in the conference tournament, and then you had a really good outing uh, against Madonna in the opening round. And I mean, you are one of the veterans of the Sun Conference. And could you just talk to us about you know playing that schedule this year? And I mean, not even the Sun Conference, but even in the back in the beginning of, of the year for that East West challenge, when y'all are facing teams like Ben Mesa and Vanguard and obviously LC state, which, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, them later, but, you know, facing that schedule and then the sun conference, you know, how, how does, how's that prepared y'all for, you know, the Fayette opening round y'all are in and, you know, getting back to Lewiston? Well, I think the biggest thing with like this year's schedule is, you know, it showed us that we can't just show up, you know, lackadaisical and and get it done. Like, you know, I mean, it's one of those things you have to show up every day. You got to do all the little things the right way. And, you know, if you don't, then, you know, a team that is good enough, but, you know, may not have the talent on paper that we have or, you know, something along those lines. Those are the teams that sneak up, you know, and they punch in the mouth. And next thing you know, you lose a game and things don't look great, you know, but um, 
we've gotten it done a lot this year. And, you know, I think that the East West challenge is a great example, you know, where we, we were down early against Benny Mesa and, you know, had to fight back and, you know, walk them off or whatever and, and get the job done. You know, we had to do what we had to do to get it done. And, you know, as we saw last year in the postseason, and as, you know, we've seen this year in the postseason, you know, it's, we battle back from adversity or, or whatever, whether it's, you know, injuries or, you know, calls not going our way or just, you know, if I go out and have a bad day, you know, give up a couple bombs as we saw last year, quite a bit, you know, the postseason, <laughs> but uh, you know, we have bad days and, you know, you hope that the lineup and, you know, the guys on offense can swing it and, you know, bail you out. And if they do, it's a great day. Um, but you know, I think that fighting back from behind so many times, you know, like it just, even when we're behind, whether it's the down by seven or down by two, I mean, we're just kind of you know, hanging out in the dugout, not really worried, you know, doesn't really matter late in the game or not, you know, we're still pretty much know what we have to do to get the job done. And uh, that's pretty much what we focus on. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit on all the points really. I mean, what, what I've seen from y'all this year is, Y'all know y'all always show up, or just about always y'all y'all always show up. But even if y'all you know have that adversity, if things don't go your way early, there's no there's no pressure. I mean, we saw it last year in Lewis, and when y'all fell behind at Tennessee Westland Westland and fell behind to Georgia Gwinnett and make those epic comebacks. I mean, it seemed like uh, just about every time last year uh, that y'all fell down in these massive moments where you see teams all the time they just crumble. Um, under that pressure and you never have to worry about Southeastern doing that. And that speaks to y'all's uh, mentality for sure. But, and, you know, and facing the lineups that you have or facing the pitching that, you know, got, uh, guys in, in the lineup have faced, but, you know, I got to ask you this question. You've seen a lot of great bats in this conference. Who's one or two of the tougher uh, guys that you face with the bat? Um, I'd say the toughest out because I don't think, I don't think I've gotten him out in two years uh but Ave's first baseman Leonardi he's yeah that kid owns me man there's not much <laughs> else I can say about it he's I think he's got two bombs I think he's hit a bomb off me at every start so I mean he's wow pretty much owns me so well but I mean he's one of the tougher outs um Drake he's at Weber I mean he's about as scrappy as they come in the box. You know, it's tough to punch a guy like him out. Um, and then you got Angel. You know, you make a mistake to him. He's going to make you pay. Obviously, you got to be sharp against a guy like him. Um, like, shoot, man, the list goes on and on. I mean, I could. So, I mean, yeah, we could, we could make a whole, whole episode. I think we could, like, do, like, a two-hour-long episode where I just give five minutes and it's just going to be like counseling for uh, either pitchers or hitters. It's like, okay, who are the guys that hurt you bad? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Cause it, what goes around comes around here, man. You know that. Absolutely. And I, obviously I know a Angel and Drake. Well, I mean, uh, two great guys. We're going to miss them. I'm um, in Babson Park greatly, but you know, Leonardi, he's an Ave Maria legend as well. He might have to send you a little thank you card. You know, I don't know if you know, know this, but earlier uh, this year, he broke the school record uh for for the gyrene so um i guess uh thanks for helping him kind of kind of, kind of get, get to that but uh um, well, good for him man i'm glad i could help somehow <laughs> well, <laughs> well i'll say i'll say it's worked out y'all y'all are back in lewiston um 
and you know talking with with uh your teammates and Weber guys and uh, players that have also played there they say playing in Lewiston is just a whole nother experience it it's the mecca of NAI baseball and you know it's, it's the mecca of the NAI really I mean when you think of championship sites, which is something that the NAI does so well. When you, you look at, you know, Mesa for the for men's golf this weekend, that was a beautiful place. I know you, uh, you're a golf guy. That was uh, beautiful out there. Uh, Columbus for softball is awesome. Kansas City for basketball. But the, the granddaddy of them all is no doubt Lewiston, Idaho. It's an unreal uh, environment, the home of LC State. I mean, can you just talk about the experience of playing in front of that crowd? Man, it's – there's not much to compare it to, you know, at, at this level, at least. I mean, there's – you just – it doesn't get any better. I mean, we faced um, we faced Lewis and Clark twice last year, three times in the World Series, and the first game was Wednesday night under the lights, yeah. 6 o'clock, and it was a packed house. I'm talking about there was 5,000 people there, maybe more, who knows, and – they did not want Southeastern to win whatsoever. There, they aren't, and it's not like a five thousand, like like a quiet five thousand. No, a- it's they get a base hit, or if we walk somebody, they go berserk five thousand. And <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I, the way I tried to look at it is, if they're going to throw all the energy out on the field, might as well try to somehow take it to our dugout because. I mean, yeah, I remember, there's not I- much else you can do. Uh, fighting five thousand people screaming, you know what I'm saying. You remember last year, and one of one of the funnier moments of the World Series, uh, Drew strikes somebody out and then just sprints off of the mound. What was the like? Did you see that happen? And like, what was the dugout's reaction when Drew is just running off of the mound, like the second or third inning? Uh, you know, we were fired up. That was kind of one of those big moments. You know, it's kind of one of those in between moments in the game, kind of momentum swaying back and forth, and that was kind of a big inning, a big punch out to get out of the inning, and. We were all fired up, and he was too because he came 9-0 into the dugout. And it was one of the funnier things that we had happen all year last year for sure. It was up. It was up. I think uh, even uh, Big Donkey Steven Stosh. I think he retweeted retweeted that. I mean, it was a, one of those all time. Like, you only see that in college baseball, and it 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 was epic. But um, y- y'all are back in Lewis, and y- y'all uh, you know whoever y'all face um, up there, is, it's going to be massive. There, I mean, th- there are no bad teams at this point of the year. I mean, opening round play, uh, you, you cut all, all the bad teams out one hundred percent. But we've gotten to um, you know the, the final ten. But are there any teams, like any possible matchups that um, you, you know that you're possibly looking forward to? I mean, the Lewis and Clark rematch is going to be big, man. It doesn't matter whether it's game one or if it's a rematch for the national title again. It's going to be a big game. There's going to be a lot of people there, and there's going to be a lot of hype following it, I think. Um, you know, we faced them earlier in the year. They're going to be hungry to get back at us. And on their home field, you know, it's they got a sour taste in their mouth. So it, it should be a pretty good game. I'm looking forward to that one. And – if we get to see Gwinnett, that'll be a good game as well. I'm, I always love to see those guys. You know that. Oh yeah, I, I sure do. I was up there um, th- this 
this weekend. Um, I got to watch their baseball team play play a little bit, a few innings. I and mean, they're they're good. I mean, you know, my 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 opinion, I do think it comes down to y'all or Gwinnett. Um, now of course I'm rock, rocking with y'all Walter, uh, y'all to win the red banner. Not exactly a hot take to pick the fire there, but hey, I, th- I think that's going that's the matchup that I think everybody in the NA. NAI baseball community uh, has circled, but I mean, you talk about LC state, you know, that this wasn't a typical LC year, you know, it, they weren't a 40, 45, 50 win uh, ball club, but when it got time to play their best baseball, they did it. And now they are one of those last 10. And you know, I think a lot of people have kind of like mixed feelings about um, LC state being there. Um, you know, I think it's the, Oh man, of course they did it. Now we got to face them in their home again, but you know, would you really would it really be the NAI baseball world series in Lewis and if LC State uh, wasn't there? That's what I'm saying. I mean, it would it would have been the first year ever or something like that if they didn't make it. Yeah, like, correct. I'm kind of glad they didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I don't know if the town would have been the same if they weren't in it. Or so, you know, I mean, there's no telling, but it's good for baseball. Lives and breathes the NAI World Series, like it's I think that's what part of makes the experience so great is just how the town reacts to everybody being there and it's it's something special for sure yeah I mean there's no pro teams I don't think there's really a minor league team there I mean and it's really cool I mean to see the NAI get the the attention that it 100 percent uh deserves but you know we talk about NAI teams and, and, and everything we look at what uh Adrian Dinkle uh, has built in Lakeland Florida you know he, he's got the two red banners now but we talk about when you talk about dynasty you look at you know 3 and 5 6 7 years or so um the, what, what what do you think that third red banner uh for southeast i know we don't i know one, one pitch one inning at a time of course but you know w- w- just real quick i mean what, what do you think that third red, red banner would mean to southeastern baseball um i mean it'd mean a lot you know that it's yeah. it's one of those things like it's it's kind of like one of those things everybody knows it but like it would kind of just write in stone you know what i'm saying that you know dinko knows what he's doing here he's he's got it figured out. You know, he brings the right kind of guys in, does it year after year. And as you've seen in his track record here, I mean, he's been very, very successful and I'm just fortunate to be along for the ride. You know what I'm saying? And they bring in, they had a great group of guys around me last year. They have a great group of guys around me this year. And it's awesome to be a part of because, you know, we win a ton of baseball games and put ourselves in a really, really great position to do something really special this year. Yeah, I mean, what is it like one hundred two and eight over the last uh, two two years or something? I mean, that that's crazy. But I mean, I know that's ultimately the goal to get that third red banner. Um, you know, uh, Rob, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I got one one last question for you, and again, it's one of those. It's like, hey, let's go ahead and cross the finish line. But if you thought anything about like what you want your legacy in Lakeland to be, um, that's not really something I put a lot of thought into. Um. But I mean, if I were to say anything, I'd say that it'd probably have, sorry, it'd probably have to be if. Just a good dude, good, hardworking yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Guy wins, you know what I'm guy saying? Wins. That's another, you know, and that, that, that's really kind of the, the answer I thought. I think that speaks a lot uh, to you. Like, uh, uh, you know, people don't always get to meet the the 
the top end pitchers, the top end whatever. And then, you know, that's, that's what you've been. I know that's not, not something that like, you, you're a guy, you go and you do your job. And I mean, getting to know you, I mean, you, you're a guy I've hung out a, a good bit about like outside of, of baseball and everything. I mean, you're just a good, hum, humble dude. I mean, you just go and you put your nose to the grindstone. I think that's a lot of guys um, at Southeastern and in that dugout. I think that's something that y'all do so well, other than, you know, play baseball. Um, which I mean that that's what you're supposed to do. You play baseball. And I think that's that that's Coach Dinkle's, you know, saying motto. It's you know, it's not trying to overcomplicate or anything like that. It's just play baseball. But we look at guys like you. I mean, you you don't care about oh, I want my legacy to be I was the greatest pitcher to ever put on red and black. You don't care about anything like that. You just want to you know be there, be a part of, of the culture, and you know help win. Am I, am I hitting on the right points there? Yes, sir. That's pretty much the hitting the nail on the head. I mean, it's just. If I can show up to the field and get my 1% better, then, you know, I'm helping us reach our end goal at the end of the day. So if I can do that, then I can look myself in the mirror at night and know that, you know, I did all I can do today. And if I can't do that, then uh, I need to try a little harder tomorrow, you know. Well, Rob, uh, you know, always a pleasure recurring guest um, at this point. You know, you always ha have an open seat whenever you, you want to come on or anything. But again, Rob Adams, the sheriff, ladies and gentlemen, really appreciate you coming on. If there's anything else you want to add on, anything you want to talk about, Mike's all yours, Bubba. No, sir. Thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. We're going to kick it over to myself, Manny Burroughs, going to talk about Florida Memorial winning the Black College World Series, what that means for the NAI versus Division II baseball debate, uh, and then recap the opening rounds, which are the Southeastern Fire. Eh, a, little, a little shaky, but but uh, we'll, we'll talk all about that, what mean, what that means for the teams going forward. And it's a great episode. Uh, Rob, again, really appreciate you. And ladies and gentlemen, here's myself and Manny. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into a new episode of Suncast covering the Sun Conference. As always, I am your host, Reagan Harold, joined by my lovely co-host, Manny Burroughs. Manny, um, hello, Twitter, I guess. Hello, Twitter world. Hello, Twitter world. Indeed, I'm excited. First, Absolutely. First so if, in a while. Yeah, so uh, those who don't know, there's a new update on Twitter where you can now upload videos up to two hours. When I saw Elon Musk uh, tweet that out, I was like, well, we're going to be the first podcast in the industry to do this. And here we are. We have a great episode uh, for y'all. We're going to talk, uh, you know, first off about Florida Memorial winning the Black College World Series. Uh, the opening rounds that hey, let's be honest. Uh, we were we 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 got a little little bit of a treat in 2022. I mean, it's not every year you send two teams to Columbus and Lewiston and uh, you know winning red banners uh, uh, all over the place. But hey, it's okay. We do have Southeastern and Lewis, and we're going to talk a little bit. Where do the other four teams go from there? And then an excellent, excellent, excellent interview with Southeastern shortstop. Uh, almost bona fide All-American all and the 2023 Sun Conference Player of the Year, Mr. Isaac Nunez. Man, that's, that's going to be a great one, right? You get to have Isaac back on the podcast. Well, excited. I can't wait for that one. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you know, of course, this is a, now a audio and video podcast now, so we are wearing uh, some of the Suncast stuff. Got the baby blue pinstripe jersey. Manny's got the navy polo. But, Manny, let's hop on into it. Let's do it. I mean, I'm excited because, again – no secret i've been saying it ever since i joined the podcast the first year that i'm really invested in baseball and softball so i'm glad that the world series for us it's here it's here i'm looking forward to ca catching up with it i'm looking forward to doing all those things but like you said with florida memorial beating albany state i was kind of curious 
for the debate of NAIA versus D2. For those who don't know, which is, I won't lie, I'm in there. What is the, that debate? Yeah, I mean, uh, before we hop, hop in, into this, I mean, just you know, shout out uh, Florida Memorial. I mean, representing not only the Sun Conference um, and NAIA, but, you know, uh, HBCUs, um, you know, as many of you know, I, I, I attended one, Manny, um, you're right there uh, next to Florida Memorial. You know how much that is uh, to that community in South Florida. So for them to do that, I mean, that's huge and, and just awesome to see. And, you know, speaking of awesome, how about a 19 inning game? Are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, we, I mean, Joe and I, we were just sitting there just refreshing, just like, oh my gosh, we are ready to make the graphic. But uh, we were so happy that Florida Memorial won. So shout out the Lions. But Manny, to answer the question, when people ask what the NAI is compared to NCAA, the answer is 99% of the time answered with, it is like Division Two, And I think that's a very fair statement. But there are definitely sports where the Division Two has a gap over the NAI. And I think there are sports where the NAI has a gap over them. You know, we look at tennis where you have teams like Georgia Gwinnett and Kaiser, uh, you know, pretty consistently beating the top Division Two schools. We look at um, this year, what Kaiser men's and women's but tennis both did, especially the women's tennis team, who, by the way, they're on an absolute tear in Mobile. Um, you know, last last we checked, as of now, when we uh, record uh, here on Friday, they're they're in the semifinals as well as the men's team. Um, you know, I, it's going to kind of be like uh, baseball, which we'll get into. It's going to be, uh, you know, Georgia Gwinnett likely kind of standing in the way, but not to give too much of a spoiler for that. Uh, you know, do want to give them that shout out, and also want to give uh, Kaiser. Men's golf, coastal men's golf, and southeastern men's golf for great showings out in Mesa. Uh, we're wrapping up now. You know, unfortunately, and I get this is one heck of a tangent, but I want to make sure that we uh, we, we mentioned uh, these teams representing the Sun Conference uh, so well at, at the biggest stage of their sport in the NAI. But you know, with golf, you got to play four good rounds, and you know, Kaiser played three excellent rounds. Um, you know, unfortunately, the fourth round they've come up a little bit short um you know unless there's just an absolute miracle here in the next hour or so out in arizona but it is what it is but let's get back um into the question of what it what is the d2 versus nai debate so when you look at more like a football point point of view that you, you got to tip your cap to division two i don't think there's too much of a question um you know even despite uh you know kaiser going up against a couple of good D2 teams and giving them a little bit of a run for their money, especially Valdosta State earlier in the year. And, hey, I know Valdosta State well. I mean, that is not an easy place to go play. I played there. Um, In fact, that's the only stadium in, uh, that I lost in my junior or senior year uh, in high school was uh, uh, Val- Valdosta, uh, Valdosta Stadium. I think that's the name, but whatever. Um, but the big one is always baseball. It seems like the debate is constantly revolved around D2 versus NAI baseball because it is that the of the quote unquote big three with football, basketball, and baseball. It seems like over the last few years, baseball, that gap between D2 and NAI has just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And it's gotten to the point where we are itching to see matchups like Southeastern versus Tampa, in which didn't come to fruition, even though it was on the schedule. I don't know what happens. I'm not going to say anything either way. I just know it was on the schedule at the beginning of the year, and they didn't play. I don't know why. I'm not privy to those details. But 
let's take a look at a team like Albany State, who I know a couple of the guys uh, on that team from Lee County, where I went. I have watched these guys play baseball. I know they are excellent baseball players playing at a Division II school. Now, is the SIAC your stronger D2 conference? No, but I don't I don't care. If you're 38 and 10, you're 38 and 10, and you're good. But Florida Memorial and Thomas University are now two and one against Albany State. Thomas split with them in the regular season, but both of them being uh, relatively close. Thomasville, Georgia, Albany, Georgia. I mean, you could uh, hit, hit a golf ball and, and uh, hit, hit the two schools just about. Um, you have to be a heck of a heck of a driver, but whatever. Um, and you know, hey, all due respect to Thomas, but they're a team that didn't make the tournament in the Sun Conference versus a team that ran away with their conference at the Division Two level. Okay, now let's now. The, the the counter argument um, a Division II representative could make is, oh, it was a midseason. It was a close game. Very fair. And, hey, it's baseball. Things are weird. I mean, anybody could beat anybody just about it, um, at any given day. You know, uh, one of our favorite sayings is that's baseball or uh, that's softball. However, when you look at a World Series and a tournament where – and, you know – Albany State likely not go into the D2 uh, World Series. I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't cover D, D2 uh, uh, athletics, but this was their championship, much like Florida Memorial, who, you know, by the way, celebrated like it was their championship, and, they, and it should have been, absolutely. I mean, hey, I don't know. I saw, I saw some uh, Instagram stories. I was like, I might need to uh, make a little drive to Montgomery tonight, but it's neither here nor there. But um, for Florida Memorial to go through a tournament the way they did, uh, against some against some other good teams, Payne and Rust colleges, those were good wins. But I think those are ones where it's like, okay, good win, but you know, is what it is. But for them to beat an almost forty win Division two team, man, just looking at the sample size of what we got, I mean, you know, what if Southeastern plays U Tampa? You know, if U Tampa, you know, thrashes them, I, which I don't think would happen, um, I, I think we're 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 talking something very different. But you know, talking to people who have played at these top end D two and have played at you know uh, now play in the Sun Conference. Remember, um, having on Chris Scholler earlier in the year, he's he's like these guys are saying it's better, and now we're seeing actual proof. Like tangible proof. Now I get a one run nineteen any game. I mean, come on, that's about a fifty fifty as there is. But I don't care. There's a winner and there's a loser. And oh, buddy, the Florida Memorials Lions won, and not only won for themselves, for the Sun Conference, but for NAI baseball. I completely hear it again. Being somebody who is new to the debate, understanding that. There's always been a debate, you know, every level of college, D1, D2, NAI, all that stuff. But really diving into it, I understand what you're saying. It makes complete sense. So before that game, where do you think the debate was? How do you think that game affected the debate now, afterwards? Kind of the impact of it, so to speak. Well, no question. It it, it benefits um, the NAI. There, there, there is zero debate, debate about that. I mean... Uh, you know, a below 500 NAI team, and again, all due respect to Florida Memorial, a below 500 team beating a team that's almost 30 games above 500 at the Division II level. And again, I don't care. I get the Sun Conference is the best conference, and the SIAC isn't one of the best. I don't care. I, it is what it is. Like these are great baseball players at the Division II level, and obviously, uh, great players at the NAI level going up against each other. You know, before. 
that, that's tough to say because there's just so many differing opinions. Um, I, I would definitely say that just the overall impact of it is that the Sun, uh, not the Sun Conference. Well, I mean, hey, the Sun Conference too. I mean, this is great for us, obviously. But the NAI as a whole, I mean, we we've come out, you know, we're kind of like, hey. It's about time for D two to you know kind of play some some more of these games. And again, this is no knock on Division two baseball. Division two baseball is an extremely high level of competition. There are excellent players, excellent teams that get drafted, go on to have great minor league and major league careers. But what we are saying is, hey, you know the NAI is right there with Division two, and I think what the ending or, or the after impact of it is is. NAI is equal to D2 at the bare minimum. And I guess that kind of obviously shows your take, but where were you before and where were you personally after the game? Yeah, I, I, I think that, 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 uh, uh, what, what kind of, I, I kind of summed it up there, but I would say before I, I said NAI was, was better than D2 before. Um, I mean, that's just uh, coming from my personal belief uh, uh, as well as there being, and I don't want this to be like a complete NAI versus D2 debate because um, I want, I do want this to, uh, you know, like I, I want, like Florida Memorial deserves the flowers. First and foremost, Florida Memorial deserves their flowers for what they did, period, in the discussion. But hey, this is a sports podcast where we, we have debates and we, you know, maybe stir people up a, a, a little bit sometimes. But you know, I think now the difference, Manny, is I can say a little bit more confidently that I truly believe NAI baseball, um, like I said, is right there with Division Two, and it, it's tough and re- very hard. Like I, I would love to hear from Division Two, a uh, Division Two person, and I, I invite the, them on to you know have this discussion and you know, basically pr- prove me wrong, pr- pr- prove me wrong at this point. The debate, I feel like, is only getting started. Like you said, there's certain sports that, of course, D2 is a little, is better, but NAIA is coming for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to switch over now to the opening round of world of NAIA baseball and softball. What were your biggest takeaways? I know you were more on the softball side. But what was the biggest takeaway for you from both ends of the spectrum? You know, Manny, my biggest takeaway was uh, – um, you can't expect historical success year in and year out. You know, that's what we saw. And that's what I talked a little bit about um, uh, at the top of the episode. Last year was just such a historic year, especially uh, for two two universities um, and four programs that I, I hold uh, obviously very near and dear to my heart, Weber softball, Weber baseball, and then Southeastern baseball and softball. And, Look, we know what happened with uh, 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 Weber uh, Weber softball uh, this year just didn't pan out. But, you know, unfortunately, Weber baseball, you know, you look at them last year, a scrappy three seed, um, went down to Miami, battled, got down that last game and just a historic where I actually had a memory pop up on my phone where they had that incredible, I believe, nine run inning against uh, St. Thomas. I can see you grimace a, a, a little bit there thinking back to that. Um and then this year, a 40-win team, a one seed, going somewhere. Now, it was a very hard, very, very – I mean, it it, it was I – mean, I talked to uh, uh, Taylor Taylor Thomas about this, and it was just such a difficult regional. Um, you know, Indiana Wesleyan finished up very strong um, in the crossroads. And, hey, congrats to them. A four-seed 
uh, going to Lewiston is just absolutely incredible. So congratulations uh, to them and representing the Crossroads League very well. And, you know, Missouri Baptists, I mean, they jumped on Weber early, and unfortunately the bats really did not go in uh, Kingsport for the Warriors until it was too little too late. I have to agree with you. I mean, the biggest takeaway I had, you know, in my notes, I literally just said the parity. Like last year, six out of the 10 teams that made out opening round were a number one seed in their bracket. This year, same number, but we also have three number four seeds. Like it was a year of just a lot of different things happening. First time since 2018 that at least one number four seed made it. Like I said, this is the first time, according to the NAIA website, only goes back to 2010, the history of the opening round that's dated back 2012. This is the first time that multiple number four teams, number four seeds have made it. Those three teams, Indiana Westland, Lewis and Clark State, and Mid-American Nazarene from Kansas. I hope I'm saying that right. They went 10 and one. You know, it was just a year that they got out and they were confident. They didn't let that number in front of their name, in front of their school matter. And they just went out and did things. I agree with you, Weber. I feel like they just, I guess it'd be too easy to say they went cold at the wrong time of the year, but it felt like it did. Like, you look at their stats in only two games, 11 total RBIs, 16 hits on 66 at-bats, 11 total runs, only three home runs. It didn't feel like that Weber team that we saw throughout the conference, throughout the season. And it sucks that that happens, you know, but there is a saying, you want to be playing your right, the, the best ball at the right time, and right. sometimes you're not. And, and it sucks, but that's really what it came down to for Weber. And, you know, I think an, uh, another takeaway um, that I, I just kind of had an epiphany on is just because you're supposed to be better on, on paper – um, from year to year, that does not mean anything until you go out and play those games. And I, you know, unfortunately, I mean, two teams that I, I love, I love these two teams, but Southeastern softball and Weber baseball. I mean, we looked at those two teams coming in, into the 2023 season as teams that had really, I mean, just stepped on the scene. Um, I mean, the, these were the now Weber, I, I had coin flip with them or Southeastern to win the red banner in baseball, but. Southeastern was my red banner pick. And both of these teams go to opening rounds um, as high seeds. And, you know, now they, they lose the good teams, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, uh, I, I think like Weber, a very hard opening round. Uh, Southeastern was in that very same boat. I mean, by far the most travel of any team in the AI going from Lakeland, Florida to Ashland, Oregon. Um, by the way, I saw some uh, pictures, some of the Southeastern girls posted on uh, Instagram, like some beautiful co uh, country up there. But um, it, it, anyways, you played a really up good up and coming Reinhardt team with a really good head coach that had a lot of good success at Lindsey Wilton is bringing that uh, now uh, to the Eagles. And then you play Southern Oregon, who and, you know, uh, listen to the NAISB podcast to, to hear hear more about them and their matchup against uh, Annalise Wood and Georgia Winnett. That's going to be um, incredible. But, I mean, they, they had, a, in my opinion, the best player um, in, in the country. And Riley Donovan, Caleb Williams is excellent uh, designated player. I mean, top five to ten uh, DP uh, in, in the uh, – I'm sorry, uh, two-way player, uh, uh, p both with the arm and with uh, with the bat um, in the country, and then you 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 add on Deja Costa too for for Southern Oregon. I mean that, that they're they're the number four team um, in, in the country for a reason. And hey, it wasn't like Southeastern just got shelled up there. I mean they lose a, a six-four game and a uh, two-nothing game to to the Southern Oregon Raiders, and you know, uh, unfortunately, it just didn't pan out for Southeastern this year. Now, I think obviously a b big part of that, when when I made my Southeastern prediction, when you look at their lineup, um, 
coming into the year when you had Riley Sanders, Chapel Cunningham, I mean, two uh, batters who Chapel did, and then we, we assumed Riley certainly would have, you know, high 300, low 400 average uh, throughout the year. I mean, those two combined are likely sitting somewhere around 80, 90 stolen bases when you, you had that production. And, you know, obviously Riley Sanders uh, goes down, doesn't play the remainder of the year, and you lose that production as one. And, you know, I mean, you know, Chapel Cunningham did step up and do excellent um, at, at the leadoff role, but you, you you do have to think if you had, have Riley Sanders and then uh, Chapel Cunningham in front of the experienced uh, bats that, you know, are just so good at driving in uh, runs, what they did so well last year, um, you know, er- Erica Stahl, Haley Harrell, Leah Gonzalez, Jamie Mead. Um, you know, I, I think Riley going down what I mean, obviously, I mean, look, what last year when she batted like 440 with 74 bags, you lose that amount of production. It's going to be tough um, to uh, repeat that, not to, you know, get give uh, too much of an excuse for the for the fire there. But that, that was certainly a big reason. I think if they do have her, um, you know, maybe the season goes a little bit different. And again, that's why I made that prediction of Southeastern winning the red banner. I love that lineup so much when you have that speed and production of Cunningham and Sanders one, two, um, and then, then the bats to, to follow. And then they had some really good freshmen like Lauren Secondier, uh st- step up. It's, uh, it, it's a shame that that's how it went, but I'll say this, uh, watch out for the Southeastern fire and the Weber warriors heading into 2024. And it kind of as a perfect segue to, to the next point with the teams that were eliminated, where do you see them going from here, you know, for both softball and baseball? Well, I guess we can start with the two teams uh, that we haven't talked about yet. Um, I will start with Ave Maria Gyrenes, who just put up an excellent fight um, in, in Hattiesburg. I mean, it, you know, I look at Ave Maria as I truly believe that they are just a few arms away. Um, they are a young team. Now, yes, they, they will be losing some production, such as Dan, uh, Daniel Kaler, but we've already seen uh, uh, Coach McCormick is more than capable of going out and recruiting and hitting the transfer portal, and he goes and gets some arms. I think Ave Maria uh, will be a top I'll say it. I think Ave Maria is going to be a top uh, 10 to 15. Um, and I'm, I, I'll even push in and say they will be a top 10 team in NAI baseball in 2024. Um, and, and and then we look at Coastal Georgia, uh, kind of a mix. Now they are losing uh, a, a good bit, obviously l- losing the left side of their infield. AJ and uh, McCall is, is going to hurt. And then uh, the Sun Conference pitcher of the year, Haley Dickerson. But uh, you know, Bryce Peacock's a junior. She's going to be coming back. Sarah Thinger, a uh, uh, junior. So they bring those those two uh, uh, back as well. And, you know, talking with Coach Coach Minnick, he's very excited about the players that he has coming in. So I think Coastal Georgia will step right back up. And then, you know, for the other two teams, um, unless you have another question that you want to segue um, uh, into those. Okay, but for, for the other two teams um, – yeah, we, we look at Weber, and it's a little different from the offseason last year. We looked at the offseason last year for the Warriors as it's a lot coming back, just get some key pieces, but it's it's not so much now. You have a lot of production that you um, have have to uh, fill up, including uh, Dawson Young. Um, you, you return a lot of arms, but, you know, uh, losing your closer, Dawson Young, that's going to hurt. Um, he He's graduated um and then the bats man i mean uh tommy diaz luis acevedo um and then obviously angel diaz drake dobianski i mean those are some i mean those are all conference 
uh, guys that will, I wouldn't be surprised at all, especially um, Angel Diaz, um, to see them on all American teams uh, in, here in the next week or so. I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, talking about Ave, their year was great to watch because yes. it was, it had that feeling early on of like, they're going to be good, but how good can they really be? And I said it before in a couple of episodes ago, it looked like they had a checklist, a hit list throughout the entire year, and they were going out for blood. And you just love to see it. The new kids on the block, and they came out with aggression. I'm looking forward to the next season. Like you said, you're yep. losing some few players like Daniel Keller, but the biggest thing I took away from, I remember I was uh, a part of that interview that you had with Coach McCormick, the development. And if you can do it, in-house, I feel like that leads to the foundation for everything moving forward. Obviously, you got to bring in people, and that's going to be normal. But if you can lay the foundation, which I think Aubrey Maria did, in a, and not in a single year, but this is the year where you can say they've turned the corner. They are now going to be a team that every – Every year you're going to be saying, what about Avi Maria? They're going to be in the power rankings almost every time that they come out and they're going to keep moving up where, like you said, top 10. I don't think that's a crazy statement to say at all because they've given you no reason to say otherwise. Now, like you mentioned, the pitching will be the biggest hole I think they're going to try and fill. That last game against William Carey, they went through seven pitchers that game. And it yep. just shows that there's they, they got to find it. You know, they weren't perfect, but they did what they had to do. They let people know like, hey. Where some people don't know where Ave Maria is, but they're gonna know now because they put it on the map for sure. And it was just great to watch. Absolutely, man. I you, you hit the nail on the head with them. Um, and then uh the 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 last team uh that made the opening round, Southeastern. I think that the it's a big question mark um for them. I think a big part of their success in 2024 is how much do chapel or i'm sorry not chapel coming how much do autumn hunter and claire seconder and kenzie forrester improve their game because i look at them and i, I see the ceiling for them being uh the cumberland patriots of this year's uh nai softball world the three seed in the opening round going uh 45 three and one i'm pretty sure that's correct uh it's something like that still i mean incredibly record only losing three games i know that's a fact but it's it just incredible. And I could see that. And the, a big reason for that success was a, a very good lineup. Yes, a very complete team, a uh, great head coach. You can check all those boxes off for Southeastern, you know, despite uh, them losing Erica Stahl, Haley Harrell, um, and Jamie Mee. There's still some good bats. And, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm going to trust Coach Watkins is going to go out and, and bring in some excellent talent uh, to Lakeland, Florida. But if those three pitchers develop, you could be looking at that next Tally Burgess, Morgan uh, Radford uh, kind of deal uh, that the, the Cumberland Patriots ha have right now. And it, let's say Autumn steps up and has an incredible senior year. You know, Claire uh, it is uh, – you know, Claire, Claire was great. You know, Claire was great throughout a lot of stretch of the year, but there were times throughout the year, look at the end of the regular season, it, 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 there were some slip-ups. And, you know, we we forget that Claire is still a young pitcher um, that, that has these moments because she does look so poised, uh, especially her freshman year against Emily Cerny um, in Columbus in an elimination game. We forget how young she is, and um, she, you know, she makes mistakes. And I think uh, – you know, I, I look at myself in my my own personal uh, college career. That sophomore to junior year was a big level for my maturity um, 
in the game. Now it's a little bit longer because the COVID year was in there, but I mean, still, I think a lot of athletes experience that uh, jumping, man. You could speak on that too, though, that jump from your junior to senior year, you develop more mentally, physically, you get more calm in the game. You've been there, done that. And I mean, the experience Claire's had now, I mean, pitching in conference tournaments and opening rounds and World Series against some of the best teams in the country. She gets to bring that into year three in Lakeland, Florida. Florida, And, hey, the same with Autumn Hunter. And I'm sure that Autumn's going to want to have an incredible senior year. And, hey, Kenzie Forrester, we can't forget about her. Uh, She could be a great third arm. And, hey, who knows? Like I said, Coach Watkins is going to go out and recruit. And that doesn't just mean – uh, in the lineup could very well uh, mean it for the pitching staff for the fire in 2024 as well. I agree with you. You know, every year in high school and college, if you're an athlete, every year is going to add more to your repertoire, whether it's mentally or physically. And you only learn through those slip ups. It's, it's normal. That's how it works because that is how you learn. You some pun intended, you get thrown into the fire, you'll learn through it and you'll figure it out. But it kind of segues into the next question of, who do you think has the highest chance from either baseball or softball to make it back to opening rounds, whether it's everybody that made it, whether it's just a few right now, because obviously again, this is freshly off these teams losing an opening round. They got a whole summer, a whole another year to work things out, bring in new people. But who do you yeah. think right now would you say has the highest chance to make it back? I mean, we we got to talk about Ave Maria to, to answer this question. I mean, we, we talked about the level of production uh, that they that they have coming back, and that's kind of how I answer how, how I'm gonna answer that question. Just look at how much they they do have uh, coming back. Obviously, headline with Jose uh, Gonzalez, and you just gotta believe that um, w- w- with Coach McCormick, he's going to go and bring in um, uh, some really good players that and now. And I'll give you a perfect example. Look at what uh, Colin, Colin Martin, how much more he was able to go out and recruit and get players after saying, hey, we now Colin had a heck of a lot more um, to, to to put on the platter being like, hey, we finished. We, we went up. We knocked out the defending national champs. We won two games in Lewiston, yada, yada, yada. But still, I mean, I think Coach McCormick's right there saying, hey, we were uh, we, we were a couple we were two wins away. Uh, from going to the World Series, we just got um, you know uh, bested by a really really good William Carey team. Uh, that at the end of the day, they just they were at their home park and their bats were and they they just weren't going to lose that game. You know, at the end of the day, William Carey uh, they were going to win that game and they were going going to make it to Lewiston. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people were surprised when they uh, di- didn't make it last year. Um, and uh, William Carey, they 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 uh, righted their wrongs from last year, and yeah, I mean that's why they are in Columbus, or I'm sorry, in, um, in Lewiston. But I do think that that's why uh, I think they have the the high the highest chance of those four teams. That being said, I think all four make it make it, and I'm, I am very 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 confident um, in saying that we see Ave Maria. Weber baseball back in the opening round, and then the same for Coastal Georgia and Southeastern softball. I have to agree with you, too. I mean, Sun Conference, like I said, I'm new to it for fully investing, and I can completely say without without a doubt in my mind, it was a heck of a year for me. I loved it from start to finish. Only thing, and I'm saying it now, we're going to have one St. Thomas team in there, whether it's baseball or softball. I'm rooting for it now. We're starting it now. But so we mentioned who we think has the highest, and I have to agree. Avi Maria, just again, a lot of first this year, they're just going to build on it. It's going to, they're the safe pick for sure. Who do you think has the hardest route now? 
Who do you think has the hardest route to get back to the opening round? It could be one of those four teams we just mentioned. It could be somebody else, but who do you think has the hardest route? So I think that uh, that question's answered by two teams. Um, and I, I think it's pretty equal. And I think it is Coastal Georgia and Weber. Um, and that, that, that pains me to say, but they're, they're the two teams losing a lot, uh, so much production, especially Weber baseball. We talked about how much they're losing in the lineup, plus their closer um, and some other key uh, key pieces as well, similar with uh, with Coastal Georgia, but Mike Minnick, Colin Martin, I mean, two excellent, 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 excellent coaches, very smart in the game. You can go out and recruit up there with, with just about um, anybody in the NAI or at other levels. So I think uh, I think they're both back, but I do think those two, and I guess if you if you make me pick one, I I think it might be a little bit uh, tougher for Coastal Georgia because they are losing their ace. They are losing uh, Haley Dickerson, but not that I, I think they're all back. Like I like I said a couple minutes ago, I I, th- I think uh, all four are back, but I do think those two have a harder route than Ave and Southeastern. I have to agree with you too. You know, I don't think you have we have to talk about it too much just because it's cliche. It might be like, oh well, that wasn't, but it's a fact. You lose pieces, things are going to become harder. It's going to be harder to find those things because now you're bringing in new pieces. The chemistry has to start working. You got to find out how the lineup is going to work out. So I think it's going to be tough. Both teams can do it. I'm sure we both agree that they can do it, but it will be a much harder route. And now going from the teams who were eliminated to the one conference, Sun Conference team that is left, Southeastern. They Opening round, three games, they are 48 RBIs, 37 hits on 107 at-bats, 29 runs, 12 home runs by seven different players. Stephen Cullen is leading the team right now with four, who I also want to spotlight him because he's having a heck of a run right now. Five of nine in these three games, five RBIs, six runs, as well as those four home runs. And also Adonis Herrera, seven of 12 Four runs, six RBIs, a triple, as well as two home runs. Had Those two have really been a spark that I've been very nice to see. With that being said, with the just amazing display we've seen, they had the slow start against Madonna. It was a slow game, but they came out on top. Then they come around Kansas Westland in two matchups, and the offense just did what it does best, just on fire from the start. Who do you think is the one person or one team, I should say, that stands in the way of Southeastern going back-to-back World Series champions. You know, you talked earlier about parity um, and what we saw in NAI baseball, and that was a good point. Um, but it's one of two teams will win the red banner. Um, that, that, that's my opinion, and that's a lot of opinions. Um, so don't just don't everybody just, just come at me if it doesn't come to fruition. But I would I'm pretty confident in saying that the red banner is either going to be residing in Lakeland, Florida or Lawrenceville, Georgia. Let me tell you something. So as you know, I was in in, in Lawrenceville this weekend covering um NAI softball the opening round um up there. During my free time, which I didn't have much of, um but at, at night mo- mostly um after softball was wrapped up, I'd go over and watch some Georgia Gwinnett baseball. That's the only team that I watched this year, and I was like, they could compete with Southeastern. But I do think Southeastern has the pitching depth. I think Southeastern has more pitching depth uh, than Gwinnett. I think the lineups are I'm, – I'm, I'm careful to say the lineups are similar uh, just because uh, you know, we, we obviously know what Southeastern, Southeastern's lineup um, is, but – 
Yeah, I think it's it's got to be Georgia Gwinnett, especially with Tennessee Wesleyan and uh, LSU Shreveport not making it. It's got to be Georgia Gwinnett. They're one hundred percent the biggest threat to the Southeastern Fire in Lewiston. Yeah, I'm gonna take your word for it because, like you said, you saw them in person. You saw them in person, and they if they say they passed the eye test from the Great Reagan Herald, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go against it because why would I? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna. Do I'll it. say this. Hey, I'll gonna... say this. They scored. They scored for a run in 16 straight innings. Now, if teams do match up. I do think it's going to be some high, high numbers. In this it's got to be. I mean, it's, it's got to be. be. And they're not going to face each other on day one. They're not going to face each other on day two. So you, you look at, you're probably going to be down to options three, four, five, et cetera, um, with, with the arms by the time these two match up. Um, now I think we, we're going to have you know, kind of what uh, Drew Gillespie did last year and just say, screw, screw a pitch count. I'm going to, I'm going to, and we're going to win the, uh, the, the world series. Um, and we'll see if, if that comes from the sheriff, Rob Adams. Um, if we see, I tell you, I tell you uh, another thing, I'm looking at this bullpen. I'm looking at JJ. I'm looking at a wild bill when Bill Nye, the science guy, Bill, Bill, Bill. All-time walkout uh, song from a- Andrew uh, Bill Long uh, f- uh, for for the fire. I, and then, of course, uh, you you got to throw in the best relief pitcher in NAI baseball, uh, Reese Weisinger. And then uh, with with the starting starting pitching, I mean, we talk about the lineup. I mean, Lord, I mean, I don't think there's a be- better trio um, in, in the country as far as far as three starting pitchers: Rob Adams, the Sheriff. Darian Smith, who I still think has the best pitch in NAI baseball when it's on, when he ha- his slider is on, I think it's the best pitch. And then a very, very good lefty. We've seen shut down a lot of good lineups in Danny Batcher. Georgia Gwinnett won their conference tournament, correct? Oh, yeah. they Yeah. So this is where I'm going to give the edge to Southeastern just because I'm a firm believer on, like, the mental side of, of sports – because Southeastern lost to Weber and they had to win two games to be the conference champions, which they ultimately were. But I think that gave them that edge of saying, Hey, we're good. We we're the reigning world series champions for a reason, but let's not get it twisted. There are some top teams out here in these conferences. There's some top teams out here in, in the nation. And if we do not bring our a game, they could upset they could take it from us so i think that will be something that we look back on and say you know what because they lost that game because they had to go the length that they went to to win the conference tournament even though they were the favorites going into it it might give them a little bit of an edge of of coming in with their a game and saying okay look we've been waiting for this moment we've been working towards this world series run again this is our time and we're not gonna let it slip from us so and here's a little um nai baseball uh and just any in, in general uh, lesson for you. Georgia Gwinnett is kind of like Notre Dame in the sense they are independent. They are an independent team, but in tournaments like their baseball and softball tournaments, they compete in what's called the Colonial Athletic uh, Conference, which is essentially the independent teams. I mean, like uh, them, USCB, uh, Iowa Wesleyan, Fisher, uh, but, but, but yeah, the, uh, the, those teams and, with all due respect to that comp, that the independent conference, that tournament, those teams, it doesn't compare to Sun Conference baseball. But I mean, hey, what 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 what, what conference does? Um, I don't mean that in any type of way, but I mean, 
you know what it is. Um, so the level of competition Southeastern has played also versus Georgia Gwinnett. When you look at their schedule, it's it's not necessarily close. Um, and you know they Gwinnett's played some good teams, but they didn't play in, um, in like the East West Challenge. They they like that that schedule that. Uh, I think that's an underrated part about Southeastern. Look at how many teams they beat early in the season that were in opening rounds or in, in the World Series. Central Methodist, Lewis Clark State, who, by the way, LC, y'all, y- y'all almost fooled us. Y'all almost fooled us. Y'all, y'all almost fooled us. We knew you were going to be bad. We knew y'all. Even, had, even had, had the rookie, bad. even had the rookie like, well, you know, I I know they were there. Well, and I they had me first. Like, no, they had me in the first half. Yeah, the first half, and they turned around and said, "Nah, we got it." You we know, got it. you know, LC that it, that shows great teams and great programs. As much as I may not want to say this, they 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 are. I mean, they are an excellent, excellent baseball program. I mean, they they took South. They beat Southeastern. Don't forget, they're one of the four. Uh, losses for southeastern uh, last year but of course they're back but anyways to get back get back to the point i mean they, they played vanguard venue mesa um and then obviously the sun Com- conference schedule and you know beat all these teams so i mean there, there's no doubt southeastern's battle tested and you know i'm pr- I, i'm still confident in saying i would take southeastern uh versus the field um i, I i've said that from the mid-january to March when we started conference play to uh, earlier this month when we started conference tournament. I'm say- saying it now. The, South- the Southeastern Fire are the best team in NAI baseball, and I-, I-, I believe they go back-to-back and bring another red-, red banner back to the wonderful Sun Conference. That kind of leads into the question. I just kind of thought of right now, and I'm sure we're going to ask it again throughout the World Series, after the World Series, whenever it concludes. But right now, mm-hmm. do you think that the Fire – Let's say they do go back to back. Let's say that it goes not a dominating fashion, but they do it in a southeastern fire kind of way. Sure. You see them doing it again? Do you see the dominance continuing moving forward? Do you see an expiration yes. date anytime soon? Is this going to be like Golden State where it's just year after year? We don't want to keep doing it, but they're giving us there's literally no other reason not to pick them. I'll answer this short and sweet. As long as Adrian Dinkle is the head coach of Southeastern baseball, they're not going anywhere. Period. Paragraph. Story in a discussion drew watson's go, go, going to continue to um be an excellent athletic director they're going to continue to be be a dominant uh of fact they're going to continue to be a top team in that baseball now am i saying are they going to win the world series every year absolutely not am i saying that we could that they could replace um lc state as the the top dog um in, in the nai in the nai i think they officially do that if they win it this year um as is if they go back to back but uh, I, I would say that I would need to see that um, multiple, multiple in a row, like three, four in a row, like we've seen LC do in the past. But they do officially become a dynasty. I say three, three, three championships in a five to seven year span. You are one thousand percent a dynasty. Um, I, I think they're al- already there, especially when you look at baseball. It's so difficult um, to to win in the postseason. If they get this one, I think they are now the dominant force, that being their third um, and I believe six, five, five years, six years. I'm not good with doing quick math in my head. But, yeah, um, uh, anyways, they do become a dynasty at that point, and it, it's not going anywhere as long as Adrian Dinkle is uh, the skipper of the fire. 
I, I was just curious again from someone who's new to the scene. I wanted to know 100% fire could, if it's, if that fire is going to slow down or just going to keep burning. But I do want to say, I know we're on a Suncast podcast. Love being part of the family. Really do. Blessed to be here. Okay. I got to give a shout out to NAISB because Oof. horse under top 10, you had the, t- you, you had a, a little TikTok performance uh, from mm. one of the teams in softball. I mean, you're peaking. It's peak. It's peak. And I loved it. It was so much great. It was awesome to see. It was just great. It was great. I wanted to give you your flowers because that was, that was surreal. That was amazing. That was amazing. I, I appreciate it, bro. I wouldn't say it's peaked. Um, you know, we, 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 we're going to keep, keep growing the game. Um, but yes, I would say that, uh, I would say definitely say reach a new height. And I, I, I know that's what, what you meant, meant by that, or at least I'm, I'm sure. Uh, anyways, I mean, yeah, let me, let me tell you the story, dude. So set, set the scene. We get done with day one. I submit that clip. Um, or I don't submit. I, I post it on Twitter and then I retweet it on my personal account. And I just say at ESPN, at ESPNW, um, hashtag SC top 10. Now, granted, did it help there only being one hockey game that night and no NBA playoffs? I mean, hey, maybe a little, but hey, hey, hey. Whatever. That, that doesn't yeah. matter. That doesn't matter. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That but, just lets you know that it was meant to be. That's what that says. Absolutely. You know it was meant to be. Great. <laughs> I look at it. I... But but um so anyways, I get done. I'm beat. I am done. I'm exhausted. We've covered so I've I've covered softball all day. Um uh watched other games. I'm done. I go to bed. Little pers- little something personal about me. I'm a light sleeper. I always sleep with my phone in my bed, um, waiting for uh, just in case a phone call in the middle of the night. I always wake up every time. There's never been a time where I've woken up the next morning and there, there I have a missed phone call. But I was exhausted. I was beat. I slept through it, and I wake up and I've got about ten missed phone calls from uh, Connor Darnell, Taylor Thomas, a couple other people blowing up, and I, and I, I see a bunch of Twitter notifications. Of course, I'm like. Huh? Exactly. Talking, it was like 6 30 it's like 6 30 in the morning i'm exhausted and then i realized what happened dude i shoot up out of bed i'm like oh my god oh my god and uh, it, it it really it was incredible and i mean you, you know again i really appreciate you um you know saying that about naisb it's dude it's just been a blessing um you know being able to cover nai softball and you know we, we talked about uh georgia Gwinnett baseball and you know they are, are the, the, at the end of the day they are the rival um uh, with baseball but man being up there dude they do it right uh you know i, I know a lot of sun conference people probably just clicked off uh, the episode right there but for the ones that stick around man they do it right in lawrenceville um it's not just money thrown all, all around the place it, it's very well thought out they do things right um from the players to the coaches uh, to uh, Dale Long, the SID, the uh, uh, Matt Mahoney, the broadcaster, director of communications uh, f- for the fire um, to, uh, oh gosh, I forget, I forget the AD's name. Um, I know his first name's Darian, uh, but I'd rather not just use, his, use that. I'm pretty sure it is, but anyway, their AD has uh, built uh, so- something uh, uh, special there. And then all, all the coaches are getting to talk to coach Sheetinger and then obviously uh uh, she- Sheetinger, Coach Sheets, uh, Coach Sheets there, and then uh, talking with Coach Cat, uh, someone that um, I- I've been blessed to really have a great professional uh, relationship, a great softball coach. Uh, very glad for her uh, and-, and the Grizzlies to be um, I- in Lawrenceville. Um, b- but yes, it-, it-, it was awesome being there. And it's just been 
so incredible. Um, you, you know, last year the sun, you know, you're starring Suncast and giving these athletes a platform, or get, giving us the platform, our fellow athletes a platform, uh, was tremendous. Um, and something special. But and it's been the same thing with NAISB to see these, uh, see these excellent athletes, these softball players, and how appreciative they are. Um, the of what um taylor brayden mimi madison uh connor and i uh have done um and uh, you know I, I again i gotta give, give a special shout out to my man taylor thomas i mean you know that, that that's my guy um I, that the i couldn't do it without him um and uh, yeah it, it, it's been a heck of a ride it has been been a a heck of a ride and we are just just like suncast we're just getting started and i want to make that my next point here and i want to give a little assurance to everybody listening this right here, this ain't going anywhere. And me right here, I'm not going anywhere. I graduate in spring 2024 from Weber International University. That does not mean that I'm going anywhere uh, outside the Sun Conference. I fully plan in continuing this for a long time. Now, of course, I have um, uh, other goals, which are, you know, to eventually be an MLB bro- broadcaster and to continue in my broadcasting career. But even with that, with being a, a broadcaster, guys, I, I am a broadcaster. I do that for Weber on top of that being a student athlete and other uh, uh, priorities. But, you know, I, I've, I've found and, you know, and I try not to get religious or I- I- anything, but, you know, through the power of God, anything is, is possible in my eyes. And I, that's what we continue to do. And I'm not going anywhere. Period. Paragraph. End of story. Suncast is here to stay. I promise that it's going to take something catastrophic or just insane for me to not, not continue doing this for 10, 15, 20 years. I love this. I love this conference. I love the teams, the coaches, the SIDs. I love the SIDs, right? Uh, man, I love, I, I love Donnie, Ryan, Joe merch. Uh, y'all are awesome. And the uh, other ones across uh, the, the conference. I mean, the SIDs, they don't get their flowers. Well, here they are. I mean, they deserve it. I, th- I think that, you know, that's something we, uh, we should do, honestly, in the, uh, in, in the, uh, off, quote unquote, off season. Um, and I know that probably the SIDs like to be as far away from sports yeah, as they possibly can <laughs> in, in June and July. But hey, I think it'd be awesome to have, uh, uh, some Sun Conference SIDs on, to, you know, tell their stories, athletic directors too. I love this conference and I love NAISB and I love NAI softball. And I fully plan on continuing to grow because, yes, the platform is here. It, it has arrived. It, it, it's great. It's developed, but it's still developed. It's, it is developed, but it's still developing. I want it to be bigger. I, I want it to continue to grow. I want the platforms to be bigger, not for me. I don't. I really don't care. Like from a person, I don't care. Like I've attacked this from day one, the the same way here in day 300A or whatever it is. Um, 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 here a year and a few months in, probably definitely more than 380, but whatever. Uh, um, uh, it, it's just been a blessing and uh, how well Suncast and NISB have been received. It's something I'll forever be thankful for. And I'm not turning my back on the Sun Conference with NAI anytime soon, Manny. I mean, we're just two kids. We're just two kids who just like talking sports. Oh, it is. Oh, exactly. Like talking sports. So I know. I, like I said, I just wanted to give you flowers. Of course, like we said, NASB, it's hit a new. All it hasn't even hit a new ceiling. It should have hit the new a new roof because a new ground because now you know what it can get to, and I know you're gonna do it. It's gonna be great. We're gonna do the same thing here with Suncast. I keep telling people, gonna 
listen, I did not know that these two things that you're doing were so young. I The way you were handling it was amazing. I thought we'd been here for years. We had had a following and everything. And I was like, wait, you're telling me we're talking about a year and some change? That's yeah. crazy. But, yeah, that, that's uh, not how it was. Because, again, another season comes and goes of, athle- of athletes and sports and everything like that. And we're wrapping up the end of it into the quote-unquote offseason. I know you're about to start getting started with football and everything. So, yeah. Congrats on another year under the boat, man. And I can't wait for to see what comes next. Well, I appreciate it. Um, you know, one more thing. I meant to mention this at the beginning when we were talking about tennis um, and golf. And I'm glad I looked down at my notes, uh, reminded me to uh, talk about it. Hey, Sun Conference representing flag football so well up in, in Atlanta. Uh, Thomas and Kaiser are still alive as we speak. Uh, the Unfortunately, one of those teams are going to be um, eliminated just while we record. We're not exactly sure who's that, who that is going to be as they are about to uh, – "Quote unquote kickoff." So we'll, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see uh, who, who's going to be uh, representing the Sun Conference uh, moving into the final against uh, the back-to-back champs, Ottawa Braves. Where that's the Nighthawks. Um, and again, another big shout out, Jennifer Coleman, um, like us, a student um, that you know kind of that helps run the social medias at Thomas University. Um, you know, Jen runs track and field for uh, Thomas and does a great job. Um, oh, by the way, another S, another SID, and I cannot believe I, I blanked on his name, but a guy that helped me so, so much, so, so much this weekend in Lawrenceville um, is, and is a young SID and is going to be incredible in the world of sports media. Um, Jay, uh, I really appreciate you, brother. Um, you, he, he was integral in what we did in NAISB this weekend, helping me with post-game interviews um, as well as well as photography and everything. So, again, really appreciate him. But um, yeah, man, we're, we 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 are here at the end. Um, again, what one last thing? I really appreciate uh, all of you. Uh, Man- Manny, do you, do you do you have anything else before I wrap up? We appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all. Some conferences for the athletes, man. It's made and for the athletes, and it's, it's awesome to be a part of it. Absolutely, and hey, you know, kind of like Suncast. You know, Sun Conference is young too. I mean, it's one of the youngest conferences in the NAI. We we're older than the Sun Conference, not Suncast, but you and I, we're older than than the Sun Conference. But I mean, um, you know, uh, it, it's awesome. And uh, last point, kind of like last year, but even to a bigger extent, there's no off season for media, ladies and gentlemen. June's going to be f- filled with with some fun episodes, some fun interviews. Honestly, there's probably more podcast episodes than usual. Um, you know, during the off season because we'll have more time to do I- interviews or be um a lot more free time. You know, I'll be up in uh, Socrates doing my thing better than, uh, you know, broadcasting and fishing. I ain't gonna be doing too much uh, <laughs> there. So we're going, we're going to uh, have some great stuff, have some different uh, guests. Don't, don't want to spoil anything, but we got some really fun stuff planned and um, yeah, we're running a little bit long. So I don't want to hold y'all up uh, too much longer. So thank you all for tuning in and Hey, have a great week. We'll be back. I'm sure we'll have a couple more interviews episodes, uh, before the world series during the world series. So yeah, uh, appreciate y'all y'all tuning in again and have a great week.